Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 294. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the internationally acclaimed team of Nikki and Ricky <laughs> Baffling Birds, Rowena Zonrai and Sarah Steinberg. Hi. Thanks for having Hi. us. You're welcome. So this is exciting. The two of you just ha finished having an incredibly successful crowdfunding campaign for your your latest book, Nikki and Ricky Baffling Birds. And you're also members of the Kids Comic Unite group too, correct? Yep, that's right. And that's where we met. So um, Kids Comics Unite is, is uh, largely to blame or praise for this this partnership depending on how you feel about the work we're putting out for those that might have missed the nikki and ricky do you want to explain to folks how the two of you came up with the concept of this book and it's a, and it's it's set to be a series correct yes uh, as it is now it's a trilogy of three stories wow. um yeah we have the mystery of the shell tree the hummingbird conundrum and the case of the duck's teeth and we even have a science investigator's workbook uh, to go along with the stories. What's the age range uh, for these books? Uh, I'd say about six to 10 with a little bit of wiggle room on either end. Okay. Well, <laughs> the origin story is kind of interesting. Uh, it goes back to how, basically how Sarah and I met. We um, were both taking a Kids Comics Unite Masterclass, trying to one up on our skills. And I wanted to have some more practice writing for comics, working on that format, because it's so different from everything else. And I wanted to get better at it. And uh, Sarah wanted to work on anatomy, right? Hands and things. Yeah, I, I was trained as an architect, so I'm, I'm real comfortable with backgrounds and buildings and perspective, but drawing people is a little bit of an, you know, it's a little bit new to me in this career change. And so I wanted someone to give me a story where I could just really practice making okay. people look reasonable. <laughs> so, um, so we started, uh, you know, messaging each other during the, the course, and then we started emailing each other. And I had this pretty uh old story sitting around in uh, my unfinished stories file never go in there it's scary in there <laughs> there's so <laughs> many um and uh, it was actually based on a real life thing that i used to do with my dad when i was little um i would go hiking uh on the trails of Goddard park not too far from my house and um i would be basically hunting smurfs <laughs> and looking for dinosaur tracks and any interesting things that i could find and we actually came across a tree that had um, these claw hog shells, these clam shells piled at the bottom and also up in the branches. And it was just this mystery that we had to solve. So I thought, well, that'd be kind of fun if I was to write a little short kids comics about this. Maybe I'd write a little short story about this, but it never really went anywhere. So I had this totally unfinished blob of a story and I showed it to Sarah and uh, she, she said, oh, there might be some potential in this. Um, initially, I had the idea that it would be starring the stuffed animals <laughs> that I would carry around with me when I was little. And we, and we, and we went on these hiking adventures. Uh, this one is Racky. He's a raccoon with his raccoon tail. And uh, this one is Nikki. And uh, she's, she's pale blue. 
And uh, so these were initially, these are the origins of, of uh, Nikki and Ricky. It's Nikki and Rocky. <laughs> okay. And they were my adventure companions, along with my uh, Smurf decoy house. My <laughs> 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 Smurf decoy. We'd be hunting Smurfs. Uh, so along with them uh, and my dad, I'd be, you know, going around the trails looking for all these things. And that's where the shell tree story actually happened. And uh, so I was telling this to Sarah and she says, let's, let's make them kids. Instead of them being bears or raccoons, they could be kids. And uh, so that's where Nikki and Ricky came from. <laughs> and, and so with that, so Sarah, was, was that, you know, part of your idea of like, you really wanted to learn how to draw people in hands. Is that the reason why I said, Hey, I don't want to, I don't want to learn how to draw raccoons and bears. I want to learn how to draw people. <laughs> And, you know, I would have been good doing um, animal characters as well. You know, Marie was more interested when she saw them as kids. Something about that inspired her to um, to fill out the story a little bit more. And she got more excited about the top sketch. And so that was the direction we went. Um, this was just an experiment. This was just something we were going to do for ourselves to, to play around. Um, and it kind of... I have ADHD. I have um, some impulsivity issues. And so when something gets me excited, I'm like, oh, yes, let's do that. And then maybe let's do that. And then maybe let's do that. And so it just kind of kept going until we suddenly had a what looked like a finished book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once I saw them as kids, the, the whole story fell into place. I was able to finish the script in like three hours and send it to Sarah. I'm like, I'm so excited. I wish I have a thing. And uh, so right away, uh, we, we knew that we had something to play with. <laughs> so you mentioned that it was different than how you would write regular, like prose, right? So what are some of the differences between writing a, a comic book script as compared to other forms of writing? Well, with prose, you can go inside their heads. There's lots of description. You know, you're writing things in paragraphs. <laughs> um, you can get really in-depth. You can go, like, Victor Hugo deep into stuff <laughs> and describe, like, the moss on the walls of a cathedral or something. Um, and it's all in prose. With um, a screenplay, it's more visual, but it's still different. Um, but with, with a graphic novel, you're not only thinking visually, but you're in the text. You're not necessarily limited, but you can get inside people's heads. You can give them an inner monologue, but you have to be aware of like, how long is this? How uh, it, it can't, you can't have tons and tons of text. I mean, technically you can, but then it would end up being something more like a hybrid. <laughs> um, so you have to think really carefully about what they're thinking, how they're feeling, what they'd say, what their voice is like. And then you have to think, how am I going to pair this with images without stepping on an illustrator's toes? <laughs> so you have to be able to give the impression of what you want without going into that Victor Hugo Moss type detail. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, so it's it's very different from um, plays that I've written and uh, from books that I've written. It's different from picture books as well. I, you know, in a picture book, you know, there's always an argument about, oh, do you put in art notes? Or does the text give all of the emotion and all of, you know, everything you need for the artist to fill it out? And you know, once in a while, you really do need art notes. Um, in a graphic novel, so much of the emotion and so much of the action is never written on the page, on the final page. Yeah. And so you do have to do a lot more art noting than you would in a picture book. But it's, again, it's much longer than a picture book. You know, in a picture book, you maybe have 500 words total, but... Um, 
you know, even in a short, even a 32 page graphic novel like ours started out being, there was a lot more description of action because I had to, I had to understand where the characters were going, what they were picking up, what they were doing. Um, because everything's just dialogue that's on the page. Yeah, right. it expanded very quickly from being about three pages to being about nine pages long, <laughs> just to you know um, explain everything and, and make sure everything was in place. Um, everything, um, it's all like it's it's pretty well planned, but then there's still that you know spontaneous aspect of what can happen when the art meets the words, and uh, it's. It's, I think, a little more of a 60-40 with the art to the words because the art adds so much to the words. Um, and, and yeah, that, that's where a lot of the emotion comes through. That's where you see the action. Uh, so when, when you're writing them, you really have to think about that and still leave plenty of space for the artist to bring the magic. <laughs> right. Now, so so Sarah, being an architect, I mean, this is, I mean, I'm I'm presuming you're not using SketchUp or anything when you do this. I'm sure they're using a different. No, software. no. Um, you know, I have used SketchUp many times in my life, and you know, I I think if I were doing a book with a lot of complicated architectural backgrounds, I might still hop back <laughs> over there and you know use the tools that I'm fast with. But um, no, I'm using, you know, good old good old. Um, pencil and paper the first draft of this book i did in watercolors um oh, wow. and scanned okay. way too time consuming love painting watercolors <laughs> not <laughs> not gonna happen um and so i'm actually redoing our first book right now um in clip studio paint digitally okay all right so this is something that you mentioned that both of you kind of like were deliberate in getting out of your comfort zones to actually expand your own profession in a way as you said sarah you're an architect and then you know marie you were actually writing more um expanding out you know doing prose yeah, from, work from prose yeah yeah and and um the, you know non academic articles <laughs> things like wow, that okay, wow. <laughs> right yeah. so a, a little bit different yeah I've, I've always been a you know writer and an illustrator as well it's something i've always wanted to do but i um I didn't go to college for it because, you know, practical reasons, whatever, you know, everybody says, you don't want to be a starving artist, go do architecture. That's kind of like illustrating. You get to draw and be creative. And it's true. You know, it, it, it was, a, it was a creative career and I don't regret it, but um, you know, I kind of hit my midlife crisis, I think, and decided it was time to, to aim back for my dreams. And so I started taking classes in picture books um, to be an author illustrator and, and then kind of, Basically what happened is I wrote a manuscript that I wanted to be a picture book, but everybody said, no, you can't. Sorry, it's not going to fit. You're going to have to make this a graphic novel. So <laughs> I ended up in ended up in the KCU classes to try to figure out how to make that a graphic novel. Right. And, and have you figured that out? Um, I, <laughs> I'm on a little bit of a deadline with my agent. She wants to submit it next month, and I don't know if I'm going to make it, but <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> So the process is that you had three stories in one uh, on here for your crowdfunding campaign. Were there more scripts? And the three of you, just the two of you decided to, we just, these are the three we're going to do with right now. Or was this the three stories that were the only ones you came up with? Oh no, this, this is an experiment that grew really, really quickly. <laughs> but but um, we actually have an idea for nine 
stories all together? That's a potential thing. Uh, but they, they're in groups of threes. There's like a theme for each group of three. So the first one was baffling birds, where a bird is the miscreant that they have to investigate for each of the first three stories. Um, like the shell tree, the hummingbird conundrum, the case of the duck's teeth. They're all birds. Uh, the next three would be mysterious monsters, where Nikki and Ricky would essentially have to debunk, um, you know, like urban legends at school. Like, okay. uh, there's some kind of horrible troll under the bridge. Wait, maybe it's a snapping turtle. It's things like that. Then, and they're, they're still nature mysteries. All of our stories are, are nature mysteries. They, they are centered around uh, the scientific method, really. And it's um, a lot of observation and testing and, and coming up with um, your hypothesis and testing that and then seeing what your results might be. Are you right? Are you wrong? Um, and what does that tell you? Because it's not always bad to be wrong about your initial hypothesis. You can always change it and, and learn more from your results. Uh, so that's really uh, the basis of, you know, that's that's the foundation of the Nikki and Ricky structure. So yeah, the first one would be the baffling birds, then the, the um, mysterious monsters, and then the last one would have been living fossils. If we get to that, it would be living fossils, because there are plenty of fascinating plants and animals that are around today that were around gazillions of years ago <laughs> and may have met a dinosaur. Their great, 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 great ancestors may have met dinosaurs, so... Uh, living fossils are still among us, and that would be really fun for them to investigate. Um, right. And it's actually one of the fun things that my dad likes pointing out when we go hiking. He's like, that's really ancient kind of fern, and that's really ancient there. And So, yeah. <laughs> and so, how did the... So, as you mentioned, through the, the putting in a STEM background to this, is that something mm -hmm. that you learned through uh, Kids Comic Unite, that it's really important to, at an educational level to the to these stories or is that just something that the two of you are passionate about i think that's more something that we're passionate about uh i i've um well going back to school stuff uh i trained as a historian and that's why i have some um you know peer-reviewed articles and stuff out there um and i've taught history at the college level and i've tutored from basically uh kindergarten through college um students and i i just thought you know if we're going to be doing this and it's going to be with nature stuff let's put the science stuff in it and sarah's all about that too she's like this is awesome let's do this and um that's where the uh, Nikki and Ricky Summer Science Investigator Society should come in, I think, <laughs> if you want to talk about that. Um, yeah, uh, that was that was one of my ADHD flights of fancy, I think. Um, <laughs> I, I've got an eight-year-old, um, and I was talking to a friend of mine who also has an eight and a four-year-old about what would entice her to sign up for a mailing list for something like this. You know, what? Right. How, how, was, how are we going to set this up? I was just kind of... We were about to launch the crowdfunder and I was losing my mind a little bit. And I, um, I knew my friend had opened shops before and she said very kindly, listen, I don't really sign up for newsletters. If, you know, if you're going to get me to sign up for something, you know, she's like, I would sign up for your newsletter because you're my friend, but like most of the time, no, absolutely not. Right. I'm not getting another piece of mail. Um, especially if I know you just want to sell me something. She said, you know, this, this really has to be a transaction. You have to be giving me something that's worth the trouble of, of reading an email. And so I thought, okay, what if, you know, summer was about to start. The kids were all about to get out of school. We were all like, uh, how did this happen? What are we going to do with them? Right. And I thought, okay, our kids love reading comics. That's the whole point. 
what about making comics? What about going out and doing science in their backyards and making comics about it, just like we're making comics about nature? So um, I started a investigators society where I sent out a few pages of comics templates every week for eight weeks. Um, and if kids filled them out, they would be able to make basically a whole, a whole comic book, a whole scientific method mini story. Oh, cool. And so now we have a, a workbook that <laughs> I also need to get ready to uh, <laughs> have printed and made to another thing. But um, yeah, I think, you know, I got a lot of people very excited. I don't know how many actually have done it. I haven't gotten a lot of feedback, um, but it was fun to make. Right. And I think at least a few people will have done it. Um, and yeah, so the idea was that, you know, just like Nikki and Ricky in the stories, they get to find a mystery, uh, investigate a mystery and make their own comic. <laughs> well, and I love that we're looking at here on the your crowdfunder page, you actually have like a peek inside the workbook. So is that mm -hmm. what you're talking about? So is that is that the, the workbook or this is separate of the newsletter piece? Uh, well, that was, it's going to be part of the workbook. So that was the, you know, okay. the explanation page about each, each week came with a, a one page comic explaining what was happening inside okay. those pages. And, you know, what, what's a hypothesis? Have you say that word? What does it mean? What, are, <laughs> what, yeah. are, what am I asking you to do here? Um, we tried to have Nikki and Ricky um, do a little bit of an introduction there. Okay. And and what made you the, I gave you the idea of the QR code. That's a really good idea too. Um, I was, we were, we were talking about making flyers and really we were just thinking about how to make it really easy to get people to our website. I was trying to be, okay. you know, I, I know as a parent and just as a busy person out in the world, like anything that takes me too many steps, is just not going to happen. Um, I'm right. not going to look at a poster and type in a whole website. And even if I do, I'm probably going to get it wrong. And then I'm going to give up and get distracted by something else. So, um, yeah, I decided to make a QR code. It just takes you to the website. <laughs> so hopefully that's helpful. And so, so I'm also really curious about like, it was a very successful crowdfunding campaign. What are some of the things that you're able to put in place? Some of the, the, the some of the successful ideas and tricks that you're able to put in place that so talk to us a little bit about the actual, the, the tier, the perks that you actually put in place in the crowdfunding campaign as well. Well, um, our initial goal was just to be able to make them as paperback books. <laughs> um, but we had stretch goals after that because it turned out, this is, we were not expecting this, but it turned out that we actually made our initial funding goal less than 12 hours after we launched. Wow. And we were, yeah, <laughs> I'm still like, what? <laughs> but it's amazing. And um, a lot of that is, is thanks to, you know, the, the crowdfunding crucible at Kids Comics. We got to do a, a live stream event and, and really promote it on the day that we launched. So people were aware and, and they were interested and they wanted to help us out. So that was pretty awesome that we were able to do that. Um, and we were doing the uh, crowdfunder spotlight, the, the kids in YA content creator spotlight. Uh, in July. So that gave us 30 days to meet that goal. We met it in less than 12 hours. So we're like, now oh. we need stretch goals. So we, we had these um, four stretch goals. Um, the first one, we met that first day too, because we made our actual goal. That was to be able to make all three books. At first, it was just going to be the first two. And then the third one was, well, if we make it, 
we'll throw in the third one. We'll make that one too. Uh, and we made it. So I was like, ah, now we have to make the third one. The, <laughs> the toothy ducks are going to be real. Oh, <laughs> and, um, I see. Yeah. yeah. And so that was, that was the first one we met. And then um, th we met our hardcover goal. So not only are our books going to be available as eBooks and as paperbacks, but they're also going to be available as a hardcover three-in-one trilogy. So you can get all three together in a special hardcover bound book. And that was, we were hoping that we'd be able to get that. So we could maybe hopefully get into libraries. Because right. uh, when I went with our flyers with the QR code uh, to local public libraries and I was asking about, you know, Nikki and Ricky and if there were any, you know, reading events or anything like that. Um, they told us that um, you, they would be interested in the books um, as long as they were hardcover because apparently softcover ones don't have a long lifespan <laughs> when, when they right. start circulating. Um, so that was one of our goals for the sake of libraries, but it's also pretty cool that it's going to be hardcover. Um, and then the third one was being able to finish in time for the holidays so that everything would be ready for shipping by the holidays. And then the last one was our total pie in the sky one that we never expected to make. And that's, um, a possible hopeful table at Comic-Con next year. So, <laughs> so now we're like, hey, we might actually be able to do that. We might actually be able to meet in person. And that would be so amazing <laughs> if that could happen at Comic-Con. I think we're definitely um, going to go and meet in person, whether we table or not. As a, you know, I, I agree. To, I agree with that. All right. Um, do all the numbers about that. but Yeah. So uh, that that's uh, basically where we are right now. We've got the um, the three books that are going to be available and as ebooks, paperback and hardcover. And there's also right. the science workbook that is available as an ebook. And also that will be available uh, in paperback hmm. um, because people will probably draw on that, copy it. it it's better off being paperback. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so Sarah, I'm kind of curious because you did the three books. Did you see an evolution in your style as you were creating those? Well, they're not all done yet. So that's, that's ah, the real okay. thing. Um, you know, we did the, the shell tree as this kind of personal project. We got it to a place where we were, we were kind of happy with it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'd done that in watercolor, uh, you know, mm. on, on, you know, actual analog paper. And over that year I did take another class and I did start to have some evolution in my style. Um, we also did a comic that was in a trip in a, um, anthology. We did a comics. Yeah. A, a 10 page comic for an anthology together. And I did that digitally. And I started to realize how much faster that was and how much um, more marketable. It's, it's a more marketable kids comics style. You know, if you look at what's right. selling, if you look at what's on the shelves, most of them are digital, um, a little more flat than what I had done. So um, when we started this crowdfunder, again, this was just an experiment. We had no idea what was going to happen. <laughs> I said, okay, I'm going to start re redoing the shell tree. I'm going to start redoing the shell tree digital so they can all match. And as it stands, I think I've got three more pages to, to redo in shell tree. And then I have the other two yet to do um, because the, the investigator society, um, that was a comic a week for the last eight weeks um, that I wasn't anticipating. Like that just kind of happened and I got excited about it and made some promises and um, <laughs> so <laughs> yes, there's definitely been an evolution in style. There's definitely been, you know, I, I've increased my speed. I've increased my, um, uh, just my process overall of, of how to get this done in a, in a timely and consistent 
manner. So I think the next two books will go a lot more quickly. So I got a so I, I got a question. Same question for both of you, but I'll ask you first, Sarah. Now, working with working with uh, Rowena, has this made you a uh, a better artist working with her? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's been so much fun, um, and I think what what helped, and you know, one of the reasons we wanted to work together was because. I'm also a writer and I'm working on some of my own author illustrator works, but a lot of those I have quite a bit of attachment to. I'm, mm. you know, I have a vision. There's, there's something in there that I, you know, it's gotta be right before I put that out there. And right. so when we started this with no audience in mind, with just ourselves in mind, it really freed me up to experiment, to, to make mistakes, to not, you know, to, to work fast and just see what happened because I didn't, I didn't have a strong vision. I didn't have a strong emotional connection to it. It was just something we were doing for fun and for practice. Um, right. And so that's made me a much better artist because I'm less attached to every line I draw than I used to be. Mm. Right. And what about you, Marie, then? Or is like, has working with Sarah, has that made you a, a better writer? I, I think so too, yeah. Because um, it's a lot of the same <laughs> reasons. Um, also, uh, I tend to be... I'm really, really shy. I mean, I'm doing this, but I tend to be really, really shy. Uh, she's ADHD. I'm, I'm autistic. Um, and we actually put a little bit of ourselves into our character. So Ricky's got a little bit of my autistic obsessiveness and focus on details. And Nikki's got a little bit of her uh, ADHD. Oh, look at that. Look at that. <laughs> That's so cool. And uh, then, um, you know, the, the thing is that the interesting thing that we found as we were creating these characters is the way they click together like puzzle pieces. And they kind of... Mm fill in the parts that the other one might be missing. So if I'm like feeling super shy and nervous, uh, she'll be like impulsive and she'll be like, let's just do this. And then I'm like, yeah, let's just do this. <laughs> um, so that I think made me um, more willing to take risks with my writing. Um, when normally I, I might just sit there for an entire day rereading the same paragraph and obsessing over each word. It's like, no, don't do that. Uh, just go for it. And uh, so that means that things get done faster and, and often better <laughs> and with a lot less angst. <laughs> and, and being able to share it right away is also really helpful um, because then you get that, that connection and that feedback and, and that gestalt thing happens when it starts becoming more than what you initially envisioned. Other projects, I know you're, you're still working on this one. Is, mm -hmm. is this kind of like snowballing into more ideas of the two of you because you have great you know creative chemistry with each other are you thinking about pining on other projects that the two of you could be possibly working with quite possibly i mean i think you know we're gonna i, I think we've decided to table more projects until these get done because yeah. i looked at our the deadline we committed to and had a little bit of a panic attack on tuesday <laughs> um <laughs> So my brain is a little too full for any more to get on right now. But, I, you know, I think I think when we see, you know, how this goes, how the success of this goes, I absolutely I think we'll we'll continue with Nikki and Ricky or see what else comes down the pipeline. Right. Yeah, because um, doing that comics from the kitchen anthology was really fun, too. It was just a short little comic about um, a kid who wanted a birthday cake for her summer birthday that wouldn't melt, basically. <laughs> Um, and we got to do a recipe and everything. So yeah, there, there's all kinds Marie. of possibilities. So Marie, if, if people want to learn more about your work, where's the best place they could go to? I have a website, uh, Rowena Zonray, uh, 
Facebook.com. Okay. And our, our pages together, if they're interested in the Nikki and Ricky comics, um, yeah. the crowdfunders closed, but it is open as a, um, as a bookshop. Um, okay. That's crowdfunder, C-R-O-W-D-F-U-N-D-R.com backslash baffling birds. Mm -hmm. um, and from there, you can link over to our, our project page, which is bafflingbirds.sarahesteinberg.com. We each have our, our websites and we each have the, we share the, the crowdfunder and uh, that's where people can pre-order our books all the way basically to, um, well, I guess our, our tentative launch date would be December 5th. Um, that's when we're hoping that everything will be ready and uh, everything will be ready in time for the holidays. <laughs> great. Well, well, thank you so much, uh, the two of you. This has been great. I would, when your next projects come along, come back, come back on. This is great talking to both of you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. This has been really fun. Yes, You're thank welcome. you very much. you're able to what's the word I'm looking for? Let me timestamp this. That's what I love about they doing this. I can always timestamp things and we all sound foolish. I, I make myself sound amazing. Yeah, yes. that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> um